Hey, Last Looks crew. Do you have kids? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to start a family, but you're not sure if that's even possible in this industry? Well, I started a conversation with hairstylist Catherine Barber and makeup artist Michelle Sfarzo, two incredible women in the entertainment industry, and they shared their personal journeys. Their stories shed light on the strength and resilience required to navigate pregnancy in the film industry, as well as the crucial role of support and understanding from peers and employers. Riding the waves of this industry while juggling motherhood responsibilities can be daunting. Comprising of long hours and physical demands, achieving work-life equilibrium hinges heavily on open communication, seeking support, and prioritizing self-care. And Michelle and Catherine get into all of that in this episode. Now we have our next live Q&A tickets available now for March 2nd. We will be asking makeup designer Erin Kruger-McCash and hair designer Michelle Seglia all of your questions. Now, these two ladies have worked on so many amazing projects together, including a bunch of the American Horror Story seasons, and have done so, so many incredible jobs in their careers thus far. I have no doubt you will have a question or two to ask them. So get your ticket, submit your questions, and remember, it's okay if you can't make the live. I send out a personalized link for all ticket holders of the entire Q&A, so no one misses out. Link in the show notes below, or look for live Q&A at last-looks.com. My name is Jamie Lee, a film hairstylist living in Long Beach, and this is the Last Looks podcast, a show where I catch up with hairstylists and makeup artists working in the film and TV industries around the world. And today on this bonus episode, I'm speaking with Catherine and Michelle about motherhood and the film industry. Let's go. And now, our feature presentation. Catch Last Looks. Rolling. And action. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast, Catherine and Michelle. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Now, ladies, I'm so excited to be chatting with you today because you're both remarkable women who've brought your incredible skills to the film industry, but now you've added a new role to your resumes, and that's motherhood. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, Michelle, I remember seeing you on the insane set that was Babylon, and you were working on background doing makeup, and is it safe to say you were very, very pregnant? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I was very pregnant. When I started, I was seven months. Yeah. And then it was all all the way up to nine. Oh my god. So like it was actually, yeah, it was I started battle on it like exactly seven months. Far out. And then my very last working day was Babylon. And I was a month out from my due date, but I could not get my shoes on mm-hmm. and that's what stopped me from coming in another day because <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I remember seeing you and knowing how exhausted I was and I was thinking you must have been like superhuman it was incredibly <laughs> impressive <laughs> I I do not know how I had that much energy but I had a lot of energy during my pregnancy yeah and I think I think partly I don't like being told I can't do something Mm -hmm. and I felt, you know, everyone feels like you're this fragile little thing when you're pregnant Mm. and I was feeling very good. I'm like, no, I could do it. I can, I can do all these backgrounds. I can run around. I can lift that up. And I was feeling great. (laughs) I think when the swelling started kicking in and Mm. I had a very long, long, hot working summer during my pregnancy. Yeah, I went through all pairs of my shoes and when the laces could, I couldn't tie my laces anymore and and get the shoes on. Um, I think it was my very last working day was I called Mandy, the background supervisor on Babylon. I said, hey, I want to come to work today. I, I totally can. My problem is I can't get my shoes on. Is it okay if I wear sandals to set? <laughs> and she's like, no problem. We'll just keep you in the tent. You don't have to go to set. All good. So I just threw on my Birkenstocks. <laughs> it was a Friday, luckily. And she had been giving me, you know, week to week. She was like, so are you, do you think you can come back Monday? You want to come back next week? And I think Friday, I was like, I'm so sorry. I think this is my last day just because 
I can't wear proper shoes to work and it's, uh, you know. Yeah, I got to call it. <laughs> I got to call it. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, I totally understand, dude. I totally understand. No worries. But they were so sweet. When I came to set, it was like there were flowers for me and they were just they were just amazing. It was such an amazing experience, even though, you know, Babylon was a wild ride. But oh, that's awesome. I really, truly felt supported during that whole whole experience. That's good. That's what you want. And Catherine, I also met you on Babylon. You're smashing out here in our crowd room, but you were not pregnant at that time. And you've had your little guy semi recently. Yeah. Michelle, I remember it very, you being pregnant very vividly on Babylon. And I was just like, how is she doing this? This is crazy. But yeah, I worked up until 34 weeks every day during my pregnancy. I um, was on three different shows pregnant. And they weren't like Babylon, though. (laughs) So (laughs) it was it was a little bit easier. But, you know, regardless of how easy or hard the show is, you know, waking up at those hours and the long days and when you're not feeling, you know, like you can do your best, it is hard no matter what. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to start with the question, did you always see yourself being mothers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I was actually doing it already. I I have a nine-year-old. She's, she's my daughter, but she's my step. She's really my stepdaughter, but I've been raising her since she was 10 months old. Wow. She came into my life when I was non-union and that was tough. I mean, we are working 50 to a hundred dollars a day. Me and my husband barely could afford diapers, formula. We had no money. I mean, we were negative in our account every month, but we had to make sure you know, we had food for her. Yeah. So it was rough. And I didn't get in the union until she was five years old. So that first first five years was was pretty tough. And then once I once we got health insurance and all that, it just ugh, it was a relief. It was a relief. But. And you've managed to keep her alive. So that's good. You're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> we hadn't made up our minds. We were going to have another one because it was, you know, it was such an experience just with her. Mm. And all the stuff we went through, but I felt, I felt once I was in the union and and things were going really well, I felt very confident having another one. But there still was fear. There was fear of, are people going to hire me because I'm pregnant? Mm. You know, they're going to think I'm weak or not going to be able to do the job, um, or they're worried about me being on location. But I think since I had so many supportive friends who also wanted to be mothers, and one was uh, Shauna. Shauna Gorlick, well, now Shauna, Shauna Chavez. She knew, actually, she was the first person that found out I was pregnant. It was on um, Don't Worry Darling. I was doing background for that. So she, I told her there. <laughs> yeah, and then she just kept, she kept supporting me, I think, um, the most. And once I started showing, every, everybody caught word, Michelle, Michelle's pregnant, you know, let's give her as much work as possible. And I think that, I think that was the most work I've ever worked the most when I was pregnant. That's impressive. And all the years that I was union. Yeah, yeah. So, And Catherine, did you always want to be a mom? I think when I was younger, I didn't really think about it. It just seemed so far away. Hmm. When I got married and got in the union, I was like, I think I could do this. That was a big thing. We waited until I got into the union. And once, you know, you have more regular work and it's not so, you know, scrambling paycheck to paycheck, uh, it things seem a little bit more doable. Uh, that was it. But then, of course, once you get in the union and you start working, you're like, I don't want to stop it now, you know? So it's always, it's it's going to be a hard decision no matter where you're at in your career. I know people who did it uh, non-union and it was actually easier for them. But for me, I knew that I would want to be more established. Yeah. So what were some of the other factors that you were considering when deciding kind of like when? I don't think there's ever a right time, but yeah, like I said, it was, it was kind of, we didn't think we were going to have another one because we were satisfied with, with everything, um, with Rogue, but that one was tough. I think it was just, this was after COVID too. It was another thing. Mm. So we had already not worked for a year Mm. and then work started back up. And I don't know, I think maybe, I think maybe COVID kind of started that because, we started to realize what was important and it really made us slow down. And I think, I think with everybody, everybody feels about the same way. Um, 
makes you realize what what's truly important. And our family was is important. It's more important than work. Mm. And so I think we started really really think about it and be serious about it after the whole COVID experience. And by the end of 2020, we found out, we found out I was pregnant actually January 1st. Yeah. So we were, we were trying, but not, you know, not trying, but trying. Mm. And we'll just like, we'll see how it goes. But I think, I think that whole year was just such, such an eye opener for, you know, what's important to us. Yeah. What about you, Catherine? Yeah, definitely COVID made me rethink about what is important because for so long it was like the only thing that matters is my job. Like I would I miss like funerals, I miss birthday parties, I miss, you know, pretty much everything. To everything took a backseat to my job. And then once COVID happened and I had more time to kind of reflect and figure out what I wanted for my life, I knew that, you know, if I we didn't have kids, I, you know, wouldn't regret it you know, a year from now, I may not regret it five years from now, but I knew I would regret it in the you know, future. So I just, we decided that it was something we really want to do. We need to prioritize it and we'll figure it out. You have to learn. I think in this industry, as a mom, you have to learn how to ask for help as well. You have to get good at asking for help because you need help. You can't do it on your own. And so, you know, luckily we have family here, but Um, We also still have a nanny. We also still have daycare. And, you know, you can't you can't do it alone. Yeah. And was there ever a point where you just didn't think it was going to be possible? Just the juggle with the industry? Sort of what I like what I just said. I I think it's like you it's your mindset and you determine what that's going to be. And if you think that you can do it, you can do it. And I never wanted my job to be a reason why I didn't do something in my personal life. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. Yeah. feel the same way. And did you guys have friends like, um, Michelle, you're talking about Shauna. She didn't have June at that time, but did you have friends that had already started families and kind of gave you advice and helped you see how possible it was? Well, you know, when my husband came into my life and we had we had Rogue, mm. you know, and I started that that mother journey. I was 24 years old. Not, none of my friends in L.A. had kids. I was the only one who had them. Yeah. So the support that I had were having my friends watch Rogue while one of us, you know, or both of us would have to go to work and go to set for $100 a day. Yeah. And, you know, I was working towards my union days and we really needed our friends. And Joseph's family lives in Riverside, which is an hour away. Mm. And my family lives in Northern California. So that's seven hours. Mm. And we really didn't have family here to just, oh, you got a job at, you know, 7 p.m. We need someone coming in like early in the morning to watch watch her so we could both go to work. But, I mean, we had at least one good friend that would, and her name was Torin Reed. And she, she was over almost every day, mm-hmm. last minute, you know, she was also in the industry, also a makeup artist, but. Mm. Well, it was my friends that are in the industry um, that are my age don't want kids. So they were kind of like, why are you doing this? Um, <laughs> so they still are like, are you sure? Um, <laughs> Just push it back in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like, "Come on, don't do this." <laughs> oh yeah, we got. I got that a lot too, <laughs> for like, sure. Man. I was like, "Well, I already have one, so." <laughs> yeah, I also when I was non-union, I got advice from a customer, and she said, "Don't tell anyone that you're pregnant. Just you know, go away, have your baby, and then come back to the industry because people won't hire you." And I, I thought that was the weirdest advice because then when I got in the industry or in the union, I found so much support from other moms that I was working with that I was like, why would you hide your pregnancy? And I just like think back about her and I'm like, that's so sad that she felt like that she had to do that. And I think it is a little interesting. Like once people found out on set that I was pregnant, I got some definitely like unsolicited advice from a lot of men. What? (laughs) Can I have some examples? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. I had one man tell me, and it was like, it it was always so weird because it would just be like in the van or something. They'd be like, you know, like riding to set or whatever and feel like they wanted to like tell me what they thought. And one man told me, he was like, you will homeschool your kid um, and you will quit your job. Um, You know, trust me. Like that's what my wife did. And like, basically, and I was like, I didn't even know how to respond to him. And I was just like, okay, uh, (laughs) 
It's strange. I I had one I had one guy tell me on set that I was endangering my child. Yeah, I was, I was child endangerment, and I was like, okay, fuck sex. Yeah. <laughs> and like much unsolicited advice. That would probably be the only reason why. And then I did tell my department I was like, uh, at least the because we were just finishing up a job. We had like you know six weeks left. I was like, can we just like keep this under wraps and keep it in our department? I don't want you know. I just, you know, didn't like once I when I wasn't showing, I was like, I just don't want, you know, a bunch of people giving me up because it was weird. Like it was just like all out of the blue, um, just coming from everywhere and everyone. And I was just like, not interested in that. <laughs> but so, um, so strange. Uh, yeah. 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 A lot of good, but there was a lot of strange, too. Yeah. <laughs> But I had a lot of good women that I was working with who have children anywhere from like ages four to 21. And they gave me so much good advice. And they had a lot of experience with, you know, how you can do this. And they were always like, you can do it. It's possible. Hmm. Uh, and really, really helping me along the way. So I was fortunate for that. So let's chat about like navigating pregnancy, like just expanding on what you're saying and still working, like I guess just physically, mentally, like once you do start showing. And also, Catherine, why it was was the only reason you didn't want people to know at that point because you didn't want to have those conversations or was there more to it? Yeah, that was another, that was something that I thought about a lot was that I didn't, especially because I, reflecting on how I would, I thought of people being pregnant when b- before I was pregnant mm. and just like, you know, how bad can the swelling be? You know what I mean? Like, how bad is the nausea? You know, like I didn't you never know. And everybody's experience is different. And so like when I same thing, Michelle, when I couldn't put my shoes on, like even my husband was like, you can't put your shoes on. I'm like, I cannot put my shoes on like it, actually experiencing that. You definitely develop a lot more respect and sympathy for mothers. But I had a relatively easy pregnancy. I also had women who were like, I was throwing up every day and I didn't have any of that. So I was really lucky. But it still is super uncomfortable. And like I had circulation issues where my feet hurt so bad, like worse than they've ever hurt before. I would wake up and it would feel like I had been at Disneyland all day. Like it was like no relief. And so that was really hard. That was a few couple months that was really hard to go to work. And then just like, you know, small things like washing somebody's hair in the bowl in the trailer, you know, like in your stomach is like getting in the way and you can't like bend over. I remember I was cutting a wig. I had to do a haircut. I had really bad like tension in my in my shoulders. And I literally just like put my scissors down and like left because it was like the last thing that I had to do before leaving. I was like, I just can't do this. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so you just need to like know your limits. And, you know, I was very aware that, you know, if I can't do something right now, I can't do it. Yeah. And I guess for both of you and Catherine, you said that you're on multiple different jobs throughout your pregnancy. And it sounds like, Michelle, you're very open with communication with Mandy. I guess that is do you think that's incredibly important, like just staying in communication with those that you're working with? Absolutely. Extremely important. I, I, that summer I was on Babylon and I was on Our Flag Means Death. Mm -hmm. So I had communication with Karen Jackson and I had communication with Mandy, Shauna, Heba. I think when I got hired, you know, it was, are you available? I'm like, yes, I I don't want you to be surprised, but I'm very pregnant, but I'm very capable of doing this job. Mm -hmm. And they said that, you know, that's great. We're going to help you out as much as possible. And I, I don't think I really expected that. And I, I was I was worried that they would just keep me in the tent or maybe hire me one one day a week. I, I didn't expect to get every day. Do you want to come back tomorrow? Do you want to come back tomorrow? Are you OK to come back tomorrow? We want to give you as much as work as possible before this baby comes. I, I was not expecting the full support. And it really opens my eyes to the circle that I just want to keep being with women supporting each other and not even just women, but other artists in the industry supporting each other of people that want families. And another, another person that truly, truly helped me out. And then this is another topic was, was James McKinnon on, you know, they were still on Picard and it was him and Bianca Peace. They, and I had just had the baby and this is kind of further on, but um, had the baby. I was 
going through postpartum. I was scared to come back to work. I honestly was scared James didn't want me at work because I had to pump. I was Mm. just scared, Mm. more scared of what the men, what the men would do, you Mm. know, how would they treat me? And he was like, we just have her come in to remove. So they had me come in and just remove the prosthetics. I was there for four hours and I'd go home. Mm -hmm. But, and that was amazing. And that's all I needed to hear was people are willing to help you. And it was just truly inspiring. And I felt, it it makes me choke up because, (sighs) sorry. I was just so scared. Sorry, hold on. No, you're okay. I mean, it is scary. It it, it sounds terrifying. And you don't know how people are going to react. And I'm sure sometimes you might think someone's going to have your back and understand the situation and they totally don't get it. Or those that you are surprised by that are just very supportive and totally understand. Truly. And I, I I don't think either it's just I think things are changing I feel like however many years back in the good old days like the costume designer that you were talking about giving you that advice Catherine Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that that mind that that's shifting that way of thinking is shifting because it is possible obviously and I hope that more heads of department and those that are hiring are open to have that conversation with people to be like, well, what do you need? Do you just need to, are you an aid and skate? Like if we, if we can get rid of you sooner, did, would you want to just come in process and then leave? Like, because. Exactly. And it's all day to day. Yeah. And so many times you don't need everyone all day every day so it's just like why not work out those that need their work-life balance to be a little more well in balance and in check and those that are happy to you know stay till the 6 (laughs) a.m exactly exactly and 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 I think it it is you know you're keeping that open communication with them and they care about you you know they truly care about how you're feeling and and that was part of it too, is like, oh, they care. I'm like, wow, they really care about me when I'm pregnant. But once I'm not pregnant, are they going to care about me again? Mm. It was, I'm pregnant now, I'm getting all the support. And once I'm not pregnant, are they still going to give me support, you know, after mm. have the baby? Or is it just, is this just a fluke? Because before being pregnant, you know, you're you're working these crazy hours, you're going through the ringer, you're, you're expected to stay or expected to work hard and just keep working hard no matter what. Push through it. Push through the, the, you know, you'll work some jobs that are very toxic. And, you know, being, I was newer, you know, being newer in the union, you just want to, you want to please, you want to make sure that you're doing a good job. And even if it's hell. So I I think I was just so emotional and happy during my pregnancy because I was being treated so well and people actually cared about my well-being and, cared about, you know, day to day. Can Are you okay to stay? Are you okay to leave? What do you want to do? Do you want to come back tomorrow? Yes, of course. I was feeling great. So, and I think that gave me energy too, to keep, keep going all the way to the end. So it's very important to just, to have that circle and have the communication being like, I am pregnant. I want to work and I'm going to work my ass off. Yeah. Catherine, did you have fears like that? Um, I had a lot of support. I did have fears because, you know, you're I'm used to performing like a certain like working really, really hard. And I knew that that was something that I like, you know, you're kind of trying to like put on a front, you know, like Uh that you are still fine and you're okay, But inside you're like, you know, this is really hard. But I think that my department head was very understanding and patient with me. Like I remember one morning the fatigue, the hormones, the way they affected me was like, I was exhausted. And I think that was how people first knew that I, or the women that I was working with knew that I was pregnant was that I took a nap at lunch and they were like, you have never taken a nap in like the history of knowing you. So like, (laughs) they were like, are you pregnant? And I was like, I was like, I was only like four weeks pregnant then. And so, you know, I think 
just having patience and having grace. And then, and, and yeah, of course I had those fears. Yeah. Um, and with working full time during your pregnancy as well, like how did you navigate? Because you guys need to go to doctor's appointments and all of this type of stuff as well. So how were your heads of department with that type of thing? Teresa, my department head was amazing. She was like, whatever you need to do for yourself, you need to do for yourself and we'll take care of whatever needs to happen. Like whatever's going to happen on set is going to happen on set, regardless of whether you're here or not. So Mm -hmm. she was like, do what you got to do, you know, but towards the end, I actually was going to work up until like 38 weeks. But then the last two weeks of our show, we were like in Long Beach. And, you know, during that last month or I forget when it starts, but you start going to doctor's appointments once a week. And I was like, I can't be staying. Or no, it wasn't Long Beach. It was like where Disneyland is, Anaheim. Anaheim. And so I was like, I can't be driving to Orange County and or staying in a hotel and then coming back up for doctor's appointments. And, you know, so I was like, I got to call it. That's when I did um, say that I, you know, had reached my limit and I stopped at 34 weeks. But yeah, my department head was amazing. She was really, really understanding. That's awesome. But yeah, the doctor's appointments, so many doctor's appointments. But I think too, when you're doing, when you're getting hired to work background, it's, it is really lovely because it was so week to week. Mm-hmm. I was able to just be like, oh, I can do the week. I just can't do this day. And it wasn't a big deal. It was like, oh, okay, we'll just have this person come in that day. It was a lot of like accommodating. I was like, everybody was so accommodating for my situation. And it just felt so good to be supported for once and be treated like a human being, you know? Yeah. It sounds like you've both had very positive experiences, which is fantastic to hear. Yeah, exactly. I think also though, the the beautiful thing about this job and when a lot of people say like, oh, how can you do it with this job? And I'm like, I think that this job really lends flexibility to you that a lot of other jobs wouldn't allow for you to. So let's say I was having a bad two months or or in the future, if my kid is having trouble in school or something, I can choose to day play. I can choose to take a break. I can and come back to it. You know, I can choose to not take a show if I'm not if I can't. And in other jobs, you can't do that. It's either you quit your job or you're at your job. Right. So mm-hmm. I feel like looking at the positive of the flexibility with the schedules and the, you know, or if I'm on something and I just got to get through it, I can get through, you know, I can four months of or six months of anything you can get through and then you can take a break if you need to, you know? Yeah, we are technically, I guess, freelance. So (laughs) there, there are so many options, which is, which is awesome. And I think just being able to communicate what your needs are with people when they get hold of you for work. Right. Michelle, do you know about the daycares on this on the studios? Are we allowed to use those? I have no idea, but I wish it would. I wish it was more of an open topic of having daycare on studio lots. I should have called before uh, and and found that information out before doing this. So studio lots do tend to have daycares. Yeah. So I haven't heard of it. I know Universal has. Universal has a daycare. It's like right by the uh, New York Street. Or not mm. New York, but like the old town street. And I know that like the like off the people who work in the offices on the studios, they have access to it. And then I've heard mixed opinions, but like obviously no one knows well enough about it as to whether or not we can use it or not. But I wish that we had more resources for moms in terms of daycare and childcare. One of the women that I was working with, she was working when she was pregnant. Is she was on uh, like that show Quinn Medicine Woman or whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, she said that their number one um, who played the medicine woman was pregnant and they had a trailer that was specifically and like three other crew members were um, just had babies as well. And they had a whole trailer designated just to it was a nursing trailer and they all brought the kids, the babies, and they would nurse in the trailer and they would hang out in the trailer. And she said that that was such a blessing for was her. Was this pre, pre-COVID or post-COVID? Yeah. This, so this was like, this was like 20 years ago. In the ago. 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I feel, I feel the same way that it, it was, it would have been okay. And then, and then COVID happened. So now yes. it was like keeping people off set. Like my baby never visited me on set. And I wish, I wish I could have had that. Like even come so I can nurse. So I don't have to just like be in pain and like pump, like pumping does one thing, but actually nursing the baby it just gets relief that you can't get you know exactly exactly and 
they were saying they were like, there was so much more opportunity to bring your kids to set. And now with COVID, you just can't do that anymore. So I don't know if that will change again or what, but that I was like, that sounds like a dream. I mean, I can't see why not with all the, I mean, we're not testing anymore or wearing masks or anything. So yeah, I feel like we're slowly going to get back to back to that. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And then I guess just talking about your mental health. How great maternity leave was. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Working, working your butt off all year and then having maternity leave. That's just you and your baby and feeling so at peace. (laughs) So how does that work in LA and the union? Because I know it'd be different for everybody everywhere. Do you remember exactly what happened with you, Catherine? Because I I feel like I took my disability as soon as the last day of work and you're done working because you can't walk anymore. (laughs) You can take disability at 34 weeks pregnant. Um, You get those four weeks before your due date and you have to take them. You can't like use them retroactively. So if you don't use them, you don't get those four weeks back. So that's when it starts. And I highly recommend every mother do that because it's a it's it's much more than unemployment it's a pretty good chunk of yeah, money it's like and 13 why, to 1600 a week or something like that i can't remember yeah it's really good and then you get six weeks after you get disability six weeks after i think you get more if you have a c-section mm-hmm. and then you can extend it if you have any postpartum um or complications or any other you know, issues. And then after that, you can go on paid family leave, which is, again, really great money. And then unfortunately, after that, it's just unemployment. Right. But hopefully you'd want to get back to work after that. So what's that stretch of time all up? I think it's like 12, um, 12 weeks. It's 18 weeks for disability if you do the eight week extension. And then it's eight weeks paid family leave and then unemployment. So what's interesting, Catherine, is that I did my ex- I extended my disability because I had postpartum depression and they only mm-hmm. gave me four for mental health. Wow. They didn't give me. They gave me. Sort it out in four weeks, Michelle. Come on. Sort it, yeah. So they <laughs> actually, oh, actually, wow. they gave they it was six weeks of therapy, but only paid four. Hmm. So that's what was waiting. That's crazy. That's really unfortunate. And that was through Kaiser. Oh. So I don't know. It's very confusing. But if you're on Kaiser, well, it, that's coincides with MPI. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Because I, I've had um, Kaiser my whole life, so I didn't, um, I didn't think to change it when I got my insurance. But yeah, so it was. Oh. They gave me six weeks of postpartum therapy. It was group group family therapy, but they only pay for four, which I thought it was so wow. weird. That is weird. I was on disability for a total of 18 weeks with the eight week extension and they extended mine to eight and it was paid for the whole time. I think, I think for future, anyone to just call, call before, call MPI, make sure you know your coverage and, and the rules on it and what you can do with it. Because I was, I was going off of other moms and then my doctor but I th- mm. and they don't tell. No, you they don't. Too. You have to like, like find this information. Disgrace for it. Yeah, you have to go searching for this information, and no one tells you. I once I spoke to a woman, and I was asking her about disability, and she said, because she had three kids, and I said, you know, how does disability work? And she said, what do you mean? And I was like, I told her, and she was devastated because she was like. I didn't know that I could go on disability. So she had three kids and she just took time off that was unpaid. Also, you get 40 hours a week, 40 hours a week through to MPI insurance on disability. And I did not know that. So I I did not call MPI to get my hours. Did you know that? You mean so that they don't take it out of your bank? They don't take... Yes. Yeah. You just have to... I'll send an email. I'll, I'll give you the link, JL. But you have to email MPI and just like take a screenshot of your hours that you take disability and then they won't they won't take that from your bank so you won't be drowning your bank of hours yeah but i don't i don't think it's gonna work anymore i gotta call them and see what's going on with that but that was also a piece of information i just learned this year i was like oh me too (laughs) okay well, so yeah, they really they don't. Really don't give of you, course, they don't yeah, help. No, no, they don't help you out. No, <laughs> of course not. You've got to figure it out yourself. But exactly. I mean, the more the conversation is happening, hopefully, the more each other, you, yeah. guys, you guys can help each other out, which is which is awesome. Um, so, 
just going back through these stages, let's start with considering having kids working in the industry. What advice would you give those thinking about it? Do it. <laughs> if it's truly in your heart and that's what you want, you'll make it work. You'll make it work. It'll it'll yeah. work out. It'll be okay. And you're going to get support. If you don't have family, you're going to have some friends there that'll back you up. Or reach yeah. out to other moms, you know, other moms in the industry. If, if someone reached out to me in our industry that didn't know me and needed needed help, I would be there. 100%. Yeah. I think you just have to be strong within yourself. You know, don't let other people bring you down or, or listen to any negative advice from people and just know what your path is and what you want from your life. Don't let anything else dic- let it dictate that. Yeah. I was talking to Michelle about this before we started recording. And I have a friend of mine that is quite passionate about letting young women know that they need to plan it like really think about it because I mean, we all know how time just gets away on us and completely our jobs just eat it up. Mm -hmm. Like it's, you know, you just go from job to job to job and you may think about, it's just like those things that you're saying before Catherine, like, you know, that vacation that you, you know, I want to go to Europe for summer or I want to go do this. I want to go do that. And then three years later and you still haven't done it because you just continued to pick up projects that, you know, you're excited about. So you just kept working. So I think just actually, I guess, having those discussions and really thinking about it and going, okay, I'm going to, we're going to try and we'll work it out as it, as it, you know, as things start happening. So yeah. And and what they say, don't keep waiting, I suppose. (laughs) Exactly. And when, what they say to parents now is the days are long, but the years are short. And I think that's uh-huh. the same goes for our industry. You know, we're on these long, long days, but before you know it, five, 10 years goes by. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and, and just know work will always be there. It's always going to be there. I mean, you know, whether yeah. your friends are still working and they're like, oh, she's back. Yeah, let's give her a day. Of course, like, unless you completely don't know anybody in the industry and you have to kind of work from the bottom, but you're going to get back there going to come back. Yeah. Always be there. And then moving on to pregnancy and working, what, what, what advice would you give? Working in the summer, I had those, um, I don't know if you remember this, Catherine, I had ice bags. I would bring in my setback. (laughs) I remember those. I would bring them. What what are those called? They're almost like, you know, those like heated water bottles you can put hot water in, but you can also put ice water in them. Oh, I have one in a bin that's like right above my head, but I'd have to get it down. It's like a little pressurized bag that like when you pop it, it gets cold. Yeah. So I would put those in my bra and my in my waistband because it was hot. Let me tell you. And you you have that weight. It was hot. Oh, my God. Well, those days on <laughs> Babylon out on the were you out on that battlefield? Was, oh, yeah. Yes. You totally were. Yeah, the dust, the heat, the bleh. Uh, but <laughs> also, if, also, you know, people try to look out for you, but you have to ultimately look out for yourself. You have to look out for yourself. Yes. You have to make sure you're getting your water. You have to make sure you're not in the way of explosions and horses. And um, <laughs> say know your limits. Yeah, know yeah. your limits. No, you have to have a really honest conversation with yourself and know I probably wouldn't have taken Babylon on, you know, I if I was pregnant, I would have, you know, said I need to do something like a game show or something, yeah. you know, or date or day play or, you know what I mean? And just be honest with yourself and just know that you might miss out on a project that you really wanted to be on. But, you know, something else will come along. And if you can't do it, I think there is no shame in finding where you would be more comfortable. Yeah, no one's going to judge yeah. you for those decisions. Not, you know? No. You have to look out for yourself 100%. Exactly. Um, if I didn't have the yeah. support that I had on those shows, I wouldn't have done those shows. But I had yeah. I had amazing, amazing support. Right. Yeah. And you were able to do it. You knew you could. How was carrying your kit when you were pregnant? Um, well, you remember I had, um, I had everything on that belt, but I would wear it around I would sling it around my shoulders because obviously the belt's not going to fit but (laughs) that I I kept it light but everything was small you know I mean we were doing blood and dirt so it was just blood and dirt in those in those pockets that's blood dirt baby wipes that was it so sweat yeah (laughs) so that way it was easy I didn't have to I didn't have to bring the big bag you know 
and have to bring okay. the big back to those shows. I mean, we we did for the tattoo cover, but we were in the tents. So I mean, mm-hmm. just one one little one little rolly bag wasn't wasn't anything. I wasn't trying to carry a bunch. Yeah, and then having Catherine, did you have those compression ice socks? Did I ever I did. send you a link to those? Those were great. I would actually have to ice yeah. my feet in order to fit into my shoes in the morning. Well, I didn't think about that. That's well, I had smart. to, but but then it came a time where it it didn't even work. You know, five minutes later it was back. So I just bought bigger shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> oh my god, guys! <laughs> I just want to touch on the you, Catherine, saying that you just need to be honest with yourself and know your limits. And I think as a head of department, that goes a long way for me as well. So the more I know about where someone's at, the Mm -hmm. more support I can give because I'm not a fucking mind reader. I can't, you know, like I don't understand what is happening. And you have have so much other things that you have to worry about that it might go over your head if someone's not communicating with you. Yeah. It's just like if, if, if I don't, you know, no news is good news. Right. If I don't hear complaints, then I'm like, okay, well, they must be doing okay. Right. So yeah, I think keeping that communication open with those that you're working with as well. Um, and not, not to be definitely. scared with the communication. I think a lot of people are scared to say something, but yeah, it, it makes it so much better. Yeah. Uh, as a head of department, I'm pr- probably going to view it more negatively if you don't communicate with me. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because it's just like, well, you know, then I'm just like, how can I help you if you don't tell me what is happening? Exactly. Or what the situation is. And then something happens and you're like, well, if you just told me, we could have sorted this out. Yeah. I'm always up for the more communication, the better. I don't need to know about everything, of course. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> And of course, also, like, I have not been pregnant. I am not a mother. I do not understand all that little bits and pieces that go along with what someone might be experiencing. I have no idea. So if they're putting on that crazy brave front and just trudging through and pretending like everything's amazing, but actually they're half dying inside, then I'm just going to be like, oh, well, okay, that's what it's like. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And every, preg- every pregnancy is so different, you know, Kat- yeah, Catherine, you, exactly. you felt fatigue and tired and I was on another level. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's definitely different for everybody. And, um, you know, I think also if you can't communicate with your department head, do you really want to be working with them? Or like if they're going to punish you or... Yeah, it's or not the right not, circle. You really want to... That's probably not the right job for you anyways. So it's good. I'd rather find that out, you know what I mean? <laughs> then I think it's kind of everything happens for a reason. And if, you know, you're not in the right place, you should figure that out sooner than later. Right. So you mean just not assume how they're going to react or treat you, but just take the steps to communicate and see how it goes. Exactly. And then yeah. if if they're like, well, this is a really hard job and, you know, I need you here 24-7 and I need you, you know, then I would say I probably can't, like going back to being honest with yourself, say, I mm. probably can't give that right now. And so this, mm. is, I need to go figure something else out, you know? Yeah. 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 And I mean, the, you know, the head of department's going to appreciate that. I'm always going to appreciate that. It's to say, yeah. okay, well, we'll sort this out earlier than later. But in saying that, it's just like, as far as HR goes and being a department head, I I can't ask any of those things. Right. Do you know what I mean? So if I'm, for instance, if I'm interviewing somebody and they obviously look like they're eight months pregnant, I can't say, oh, so what are your plans with the pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't mention it. I can't say a fucking thing about it. Right. So, and same goes, you know, if you find out midway or whatever, like I, I can't, I can't broach that subject really. You, they need to talk to me about what, what they need. Yeah. Yeah. You can't fire someone who's pregnant either, right? Oh, firing them because they're pregnant? Well, I mean, you know, they would well, always they would just probably, be, yeah, thinking that, you know, that was the reason or whatever so well yeah i mean that would just be stupid but uh, but well in saying that i mean if somebody is pregnant but not communicating with you and there's a whole bunch of shit that just keeps happening because of it then it's just like just talk to each other guys (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) just just communicate (laughs) 
for me, my decision was to be a full-time day player. That was my goal. I mm-hmm. I didn't want to be full-time on the team. I just was fortunate and lucky enough to be on two different shows and I was my weeks were full. You know, just mm. just day playing. And I think I think when you give yourself that, if you know you're going to have all these doctors appointments and and you're getting fairly large, just know that take it day by day. You don't you don't need to put yourself through the drama of being and the main team knowing that you're, you might have to leave. But if you're an additional, then it's easier on your department. I feel, I don't know if you can yeah, comment yeah. on that. I Catherine. I actually liked being like not carrying my stuff around every day and setting up. Like I liked just being able to put my backpack on and go to right. work. And I, I liked working during my pregnancy because it helped the time go by so quickly, so much more quickly than it would if I was, I don't know, stay, sitting at home. But, or I mean, uh, you know, not that you were sitting at home, but like if I, if I wasn't day playing or if I wasn't um, working at all, but. No, totally. Uh, and I was, I was yeah. full time in a sense. I just, what I right. mean is I wasn't full time in the trailer knowing that I, yeah. I, I could leave at any moment. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my department head was really great about knowing she was just like, whenever you're, you're done, you're done. Right. And we'll work it out about it, you know, so. which is great. It goes back to communication, you know, yeah, open. Exactly. People want to yeah. help you, you know, they want they want to be there for you. Maybe not all of them. Yeah. but There are people that want to be there for you. Yeah, I had everybody was helping me like carry stuff, helping me, <laughs> you know, I don't know, get food. stepping in and out of the trail. Yeah, getting food, snacks. Yeah. And what about that transition of going back to work? What kind of advice would you give there? I had plans of going back um, sooner than I did, but you uh-huh. never know um, when you're in this situation. And once my family leave was up, that's when my postpartum set in. And uh-huh. I think a lot of it mentally was, I have to leave my baby now. I have to go back to this job that, you know, is long hours and how many days in a row am I not going to see her? And I just got really, really depressed. You know, you're still going through hormones and I was breastfeeding and I hadn't even thought about what was going to happen while I was away from her. How did I, how did I need to, how many hours did I need to pump? How much milk did I need to have? Because I didn't know because I was there feeding her all day long. They tell you how many ounces that they need per feeding, but the whole thing was so scary to me. I thought, I thought she was going to die if I left. Like, that's how bad it was for me. So I was listening to myself and my body. And I mean, if I'm crying every day over it, then it's obviously not time to go back to work. And just to know that it's not time and that's okay. But I think, you know, working through therapy, a lot of it was, this is my identity. My identity is a makeup artist in the industry. And if I'm not doing that, then who am I? I'm just a mother now. That's what I am. And that's great. But a lot of it was making me so deeply sad that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was without doing that, doing those things. I'm my best self when I'm working and I need that. And I get like kind of in a funk or depressed when I'm not working. And so to be a good mother, I think I need to be working. Exactly. And that's how I felt too. I, f- I need to create something. I, d- I mean, I just created a life and this life I have with my baby is great. But now it's time for me to also have that part of my life back. And I think I was just spiraling that it it wasn't as soon as I thought it was going to be. I wasn't ready. I wasn't mm-hmm. ready like I thought I was going to be ready. And so it all... Mo- you put a bit of pressure on yourself. I was yourself. putting so much pressure on myself. Mm. And, and my baby was also not taking a bottle. So I had this these really dark, you know, ca- catastrophizing every situation. If I left, she would starve to death. That's just, it's not yeah. true, but mm. in my mind and my hormones and everything that was happening, I felt that was true. So realizing that I do need therapy, I need to get postpartum help and that can happen. It can happen later. It Sometimes people mm. think that you're going to have the baby and then you're going to get postpartum. It can happen within two years. It can happen within those two years of after the baby's born. Yeah. It can also happen again when you're weaning nursing. It can happen again. It's like when those hormones yeah. fluctuate. I haven't really gone through that yet. I'm still nursing two years later. Don't ask me how. It just is. But. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what my body's going to do after that. But yeah, once once the postpartum therapy happened and I was feeling better, my you know my therapist was like, I think you're ready. Just start with one day. Okay, I did one day, and that was removing prosthetics for James, and that. My oh. baby came home. My baby was still alive. Woohoo! Oh. <laughs> you know, and, and then you start again. You do another day and then maybe two days a week, you know, maybe three days a week. And then I got a job. I got a six month job just doing background. And again, it was it was perfect. I was some weeks I would do three days a week. Some weeks I would do four. And that was perfect for me. You know, I started the job off pumping and then ended the job not having to pump anymore because she was on yeah, solid. So flexibility. It's just, yeah. I was supposed to go back to work at after three months and then um, the strike happened. And so it's enabled me to have more time. But I bought this like $400 pump that like, you know, goes under your shirt and like you can't tell that you're pumping and I never got to use it. So <laughs> I'm going to need to race on I, that or something. I, I worked with a girl who had that. She was she was pumping and she had that in her shirt. And I'm yeah. like taking bathroom breaks, doing it. I'm like, God damn it. I should have got that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's the most amazing pump ever. And I, I got the whole backpack that goes with it. And I'm like, I'm going to pump at work. You couldn't even hear it. And I'm that, like, it's amazing. She's doing last looks and she's pumping. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my great. God. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't see it. You can't hear it. It's like you can be around people and, you know, that I was like, looking forward to using that. But <laughs> Lenny, hold on to it. You might need it for yeah. next time. And they, they, yeah, they do. They ha- yeah. And they have to give you they have to give you a space to pump. You know, every every production does. But that's again, you have to open communication and tell people what you need, you know, yeah. or they're just going to be like, can you just go in the bathroom? But if you don't feel comfortable with it, like then they have to give you room. But honestly, I didn't care. I was like, whatever. You know, we were at Manhattan Beach stages. Those bathrooms were nice. You know, they were clean. And I honestly felt like unbothered in there. I was like, no one's going to bug me in the stall. (laughs) Yeah. But at Warner Brothers, they gave me a room. Like, you know, all those stages have rooms. So Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your motherhood slash set life experience with us. Of course. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you.